got time today. Fuck it, I'm crossing the line today. The hate be so real, the love be fake. Be bumping they gums and bumping my tape. Don't go against me, then ask for my help. Go get out your feelings and get it yourself. Might got the same shoes, but you ain't gon' step. Nope. That shit that you just put out, you coulda kept. Yup, she got a nigga, he got a shirt. Why? You can't compete when you can't compare. Here. She ate the dick through my underwear. Uh. Got up and got herself out of there. I see they put me on memes and things. Don't speak on my life without knowing the real. Eight figures a year, what it cost me to live. Don't hold it, just say what you feel, but watch your mouth before I fly at your bitch. Work. To a place that she didn't know exist. Mediterranean water my wrist. Bitch. Keeping on piss, how I'm talking my Yo, 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 what's going on? Shooting the shit, shooting the shit, shooting the shit. We back with another financial episode. And uh, we, 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 got a, we got a special guest back with us. Another friend of, uh, of the show, the, the big homie Tariq. What's going on, man? What's cracking, man? How everybody doing today? Everybody oh. good, man. Tariq, we had to get you back on because, you know, everybody got that, that second stimulus or that third stimulus. Now they about to get <laughs> they, they tax money in. So we had to bring you on to advise the people on what they should. Yeah, you got to play smart, man. Don't squander it. I think that's the most important piece. Absolutely, absolutely. How you been, though, man? Okay, man. You know, been working, been grinding, as always. Trying to enjoy the weather now. It's getting a little nicer out in the Northeast, you know. Got to enjoy it while we can. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, recently I've been running into a lot of people that have been talking about trading. And we, we, we talk about stocks. We talk about um, a lot of stuff here and there. Um, I got two gentlemen in the room right here, uh, Jonathan, Jason. They talk about it all the time. Um, uh, we we know you deal with financials. We know you deal with a lot of things. A lot of people that I, that I've known to actually talk about trading and so on and so forth, they kind of been a little creepy about it. And, 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 and they, like in the sense to where like they, I get it. It's something that you're into, or maybe I should be into it too. But people were like very worried about new trends in a sense and i think trading is kind of a new trend no like and when we talking about people in, people in our demographic yeah for the for the for the like the masses like people where we from um they not really uh they're not versed on the stock market on financial literacy a lot of the times so this is kind of like foreign you know what i'm saying foreign territory to a lot of people that's from where we from but it's important um, for them to understand these things and, and to know these, you know, know, know about this whole system, because there's a lot of of money in the market, um, but we just don't know. Hundred percent. So I think it's a new trend because it gained some popularity, especially in 2020 when obviously sports went away, and a lot of people had that itch about betting. Where could you put some money? Things of that nature, right? And so it got a little popular. Stock market's booming. Let me pay attention. Then we had the GameStop thing happening, a lot of that exciting news in the market. So people wanted to get in, right? Like anybody see an opportunity to make quick money, right? They, they want to get in. Uh, unfortunately, right, like my, my news to people is that stock market isn't really quick money um, unless you're a professional at it, right? Like you can't be brand new to the game and decide you're going to start trading stocks and think you're going to make a million dollars overnight in it, right? Uh, those who are day traders have been doing this probably for years. They understand trends in the market there's things that they read every day that, that keeps them abreast of what's happening and what to be looking for where the average investor average person in general just wouldn't know what to look for uh to pick up on those type of trends and so it's hard i tell people it's easier just to invest for the long term right you can you know what companies you like you know what companies you think are going to be around from now to 20 years from now right 
that's who you bet on versus just trying to figure out what's happening trend wise. Um, that's an easy way to lose your money. Um, cause unfortunately day traders, they're the professionals that moving their money in and out quickly. And so if you're, you're trying to trade and you don't understand what you're looking at, you leave your money in there, you're going to be the one left holding the bag. Right. Um, and that happens unfortunately way too, way, way too many times. And so you want to make sure if you're getting into something, you want to get into it for the long term. Question day trading Go for it. What is day trade like? Like we, because like I said, people talk about it. I, I see his trends. So there's different groups of people that that are willing to actually, I guess, do the research and, and um say, hey, this is when you get in, this is when you get out, or whatever. Like, are those things legitimate? Like, it, it's very confusing because a lot of times you, we've encountered like the susus, we've encountered all these things. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know what's what. People, it's like all of a sudden, your homeboy that you that you talk to all the time, or or, or some new chick that you met that that look. Like her lip gloss is popping, it's talking to you about trading, it's kind of throwing you off. Don't do what you don't know, right? If you don't know about trading, you don't know what you're looking for, why would you try to do it, right? I think that's a simple aspect to look at it, right? If you know companies that you like, you want to be more of an investor than a trader. What day trading is, is pretty much people are looking at trends in the market, right? So they're looking at how did a particular stock do over the last, say, 60 days, 180 days, one month, right? Last couple of weeks, which direction is it going? And they're trying to anticipate which direction is going to go in the next couple of days. Mm -hmm. Average person who's never done any type of trading or investing, how would you anticipate that, right? You wouldn't even know what to start looking at. Um, and so that's why I tell people, don't complicate yourself. You don't even want to start picking up books to try to figure that stuff out, right? That's not your profession. Unless you're planning on getting into that as a profession, um, then definitely you want to read up on that. But otherwise... Pick stocks, pick things that you think are going to be around for a long time and going to make money for a long time. Think I think that's easier? the best way to put your money at things. How influential do you think social media has become with the day trading, with Bitcoin, with a lot of this misinformation that's out there and then even like Forex now? Because as you mentioned, mm -hmm. during the pandemic, so many people were home trying to figure out what to do with their money and how to generate more income. So how much of an impact has social media played on that? Everybody likes trends, right? When you hear buzzwords out there you see people talking about making money out there even the news right when you see it anywhere it gets people excited and i think obviously social media it gets everybody a voice and so when you have that many voices that many perspectives out there of course there's going to be a few people that know what they're talking about but the mass majority probably don't have a clue and so they're just repeating something they've seen or seen or repeating something they heard from somebody else and so I always tell people, you want to go in it for what you know. Don't listen to other people and bet off of what they know, what they're saying. It could be completely wrong, and a lot of times they are. And that's the unfortunate part. That's where a lot of people end up losing out because they're listening to other people. They're listening to whatever is the popular trends out there, and they think they can emulate that, right? Most people can't emulate day trading because you don't know really what you're looking for. And by the time you figure out to move your money, it's too late. And that's what happens 90% of the time for people. That's why I tell people, don't don't chase butterflies. If you already hear it's in the news, it's booming, that's the worst time to buy it. You want to buy stuff when you see negative news about it, but you think the company's going to survive. Don't chase butterflies. That's like, I mean, that's like when I, because uh, I just work at this after-school program, so one of the things that they um, had us teaching the kids was financial literacy, setting them up with bank accounts, and then ultimately we got into the stock market. But one of the you know one of the things that we were speaking about is once you see it in the papers, that's it. It's too late already. Yep. Ninety percent of the time, once you see it in the paper and everybody's talking about it, it's way too late. 
So so speaking of trends, because I have to do it in a group chat, because I just started reading about it. I knew nothing about it. Can you explain what an NFT is? Because mm. I, I knew nothing recent, about it up until like stuff, two days ago. Stuff. But that's, that's, that's a recent actual topic, though. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Something yeah, that's yeah, starting yeah. to trend now. Yep. So it's like digital digital marketing, digital art is NFTs. Now, I, I can't get into the details of what goes into making it an NFT, right? Because I don't know that level of details on them. Uh, but it is becoming a popular trend, right? A lot of professional athletes are getting into it. A lot of artists, digital artists are getting into it. Um, now, I don't know the logistics on how what makes it unique, because to me, I think it's just something, if something digital. I think it could be repeated easily, but obviously it has to be something in that that prevents that from happening to make it worthwhile, right? And so it's just a new way uh, of people owning kind of their rights and their, their marking out in the, in the space and make some additional money from it, right? So that's what a lot of the professional athletes are selling themselves on. Hey, I can sell my media, my stuff to other people versus somebody else selling it for them and them making the money off of it. Versus so maybe a YouTube. That's really my limited knowledge on that NFTs. No, I'm, I'm glad you shared that because I, I was very confused by it because I, I heard one of the founders of Twitter, I think, sold like his original tweet for like $100,000 and they consider it an NFT because it's like a one of one. It was the original tweet of the platform, yeah. which is crazy because it's like, like you said, <laughs> how, are we, how are we identifying this as an original? Yeah, like who? How do you know it's not duplicated, right? How, how yeah. can you not just get a copy of it from somewhere, right? Yeah, I don't really know just behind that part of it yet. Right. How do we know he didn't have a tweet and then deleted it and then put this one up later on? Like, <laughs> who's identifying And now you sell this one for a million, right? Yeah. I ain't mad at him, though. It's all a hustle, man. <laughs> hey, I can't be mad at him either. I'm mad at the person that paid a hundred thousand dollars for that shit. No, but the, per- the person that paid a hundred thousand dollars, they got it. They don't care. That's that's throwaway money. I know. I'm just saying. But who the hell spends a hundred thousand dollars on a fucking tweet? Like, really? Yeah, exactly. What, what, What's the resale value on that? Two Shane said. Two Shane said. I'm riding around and I'm getting it. It's mine. I spend it. I All right. I listen. I, I I can't be mad. I guess, but I'm just saying like that. Even if even if I was worth ten million, I'm not about to spend a hundred thousand on a fucking tweet. Like that's just yeah. crazy. So my question yeah, to you is, my question to you is, so so would you, when talking about you know playing with the stock market and trading and, and so on and so forth, do you think uh, maybe the stock market is a little bit safer safer for individuals that's getting in in the game for the first time versus maybe getting try to try to get into day trading? Absolutely. Um, day trading is so difficult of a thing to do. Um, as a professional, I don't even try to day trade, right? Like I, I could sit and watch the markets all day and follow trends, but I don't have the time to invest in doing that, to be good at it. Um, like I understand trends, but I'm not sitting there watching the markets 24 seven, right? I, I do what I need to do to get my job done, but sitting there watching all day is a difficult thing to do, even for professionals. So for somebody who's never even had an experience in it, it's almost impossible. And so I always tell people the best thing, again, invest for long term, right? Think through things you want, things that are going to be around five, 10 years from now, things you think are going to still make money five, 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. It's all about anticipation, long term anticipation. Now, day trading is short term anticipation, and you have to have a little bit more knowledge of the markets and trends to be able to do that. And it's harder. And so I tell people, especially if you're starting out, you want to think through long term investments first. And if you want to dabble in day trading, make sure it's a small percentage of what you're investing. And honestly, it's almost a, a losing seat if you're not a professional. Are you, um, I guess, abreast of this whole Forex stuff? To an extent. I mean, Forex trading is really just currency trading, right? And so understanding how currencies build value versus other currencies. 
Um, now, obviously, the United States has lost a little bit of value as far as the dollar, and they talked about that, and other people try to trade it off because, obviously, it fluctuates every day, right? Between the Canadian money, European money, U.S. dollar, and it's just really trading to take advantage of upswings in a positive market. Just like day trading almost. How do you know which currency is going to swing next? How do you know the European dollar is going to get more uh, lucrative versus the U.S. dollar? Most people, the average person, wouldn't know that unless you're really in the weeds of understanding. Let's, have another, let's have another episode so, about that, about the currency exchange and, 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 and the stimulus and stuff like that. We'll save that one for another episode. We'll save that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because well, I sound like you can go. For like, trading go. for a whole other one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a whole other world. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I got a question. It's, it's on the... On the on a level of, of currency, but a little different because it's the follow up to last time you were on the episode. You you had discussed how you always try to advise people when it comes to Bitcoin to be careful because it hasn't been regulated yet. Right. So there's really no telling on what it's worth. But now Tesla's coming out saying that you could actually buy a car with Bitcoin. So do you see some sort of regulations coming about if you can buy something as expensive as a vehicle with Bitcoin? No. I mean, I still don't see it. I mean, the reason why Tesla's allowing it is because they have so much ownership in Bitcoin right now, right? So it makes sense for them to allow it. Um, again, remember, Bitcoin was created as an alternative to money, so alternative to a dollar. And so people don't invest in a dollar, so why are you investing in Bitcoin? Where is the tangible value in that? Really, it's just by itself because so many people want it, that's what's making it valuable. So once people stop wanting as much, the price and value of it's going to stop. Like, I think they talked about a guy who bought, I forget how much he spent on pizza using Bitcoin 10 years ago when it was low. They said it was like $10 million worth of Bitcoin if you looked at it today, right? Wow. Um, because originally when it came out, it's meant to be a currency. It's not even meant to be an investable asset. But because people, have, the trends of it have become so popular, everybody wants it, wants it. And remember, marketplaces all supply and demand, right? Even stock markets, all supply and demand. It has nothing to do with the underlying companies, right? So the price of a company on the stock market has nothing to do with the company. It's all about how many people want it versus how many people are trying to sell it. It's all price and demand. So same thing with Bitcoin. More people want to buy it, so the price keeps going up. It's harder to find. It's harder to get because of the limited amount out there. Same thing with stocks. And so not necessarily a tangible value behind it it's just so many people want it but once that value stops once people stop asking for it the value of it's going to really slow down and that's what people want to want to find so you think that bitcoin bitcoin is more of a of a fad as opposed to something that has staying power i believe so i mean that's my personal opinion again i'm not Bitcoin is still in its infancy stages, I do believe, because cryptocurrencies are so far out. It's so speculative right now. Um, a lot of major firms don't even allow for you to even hold cryptocurrencies at their firms. Like, I think my, my firm just recently allowed a small percentage of people to be able to hold Bitcoins. Um, and you got to have X amount of dollars to be able to even do so, right? So it's not like something that is so common that people, that we think people should be investing in Bitcoin, because it's not a... To me and to most people who understand it, it's not really an investable asset. Um, it was built to be an alternative to currency and money. And once this bubble honestly busts as far as people wanting Bitcoin and so many people are curious about Bitcoin and investing in Bitcoin, I think eventually it's going to stop. Like Because at, at some point they're going to realize there's no tangible value behind it. Um, and then once people stop asking for it, nobody's going to sell it and nobody's going to want it anymore. But that's my, my opinion. So don't take that for... For gold. Gotcha. 
What's your disclaimer? I, I think there's a disclaimer that you would have when you uh, <laughs> when, my disclaimer. It's my personal opinion. Don't use this uh, or as advice or anything like that as far as purchasing or selling. You know, that's my that's my my little disclaimer for it. Yeah, we got to make sure that we throw that out there because we don't we don't want you to be liable for anything. Um, you, you, you nah, nah, this, this is not personal advice for anybody. Definitely, you, you want to do your own research with everything. Mm. You're giving a lot of useful information. You know, you're, it, this is this is what you do. This is what you, you know, this is your life every day. You know, many a times I've met you, yeah. and, and, and you've been like, "Yeah, I'm at the office X Y Z, and I got the, like this man works like he five o'clock in the morning. He might be up, you know, looking at whatever, researching, and so on and so forth. And this is just regular life. So you know, I, I feel like it just made sense for us. We have to make sure that we have people that are in our networks that come in, and, and, and this is what they do in their everyday life, and come and talk about these things. Yeah, I'm always happy to talk about it because I tell people, like, our people need this information, man. We deserve it. And we don't get enough of it at home. We don't grow up with enough of it. So I try to, whoever I can talk to spread the information, I try to do so. Are you able to speak on some of the trends you are noticing right now? Um, obviously, there's this influx of money into the economy, as we joked about at the beginning, with the stimulus and with tax returns. Is there, is there a certain trend that you see happening right now that you think could become something potentially over the next few months? Um, not nothing that's popping out to me right now as far as specific topics or stocks or areas of the market. Now, with interest rates real low, I think a lot of people still have cash on the sideline. Um, and so I think they're waiting for a lot of things to stabilize in the economy. So I think the market is going to jump at some point. Um, I just think they're waiting for a lot of this COVID stuff to settle down and for a lot of the economy to open up. Um, but I think that a lot of the things that will benefit from the marketplace being open, from the economy being open. So any type of retail store, any type of restaurants, any type of that stuff, I feel that's going to be the trend probably over the next six months as you see the world opening it up. So anything you think people would spend normally stimulus money on, those are the companies you probably want to think about investing in. So, so basically, as as more people start to get the vaccine, we're going to see the economy get back to what it was, <laughs> and and. <laughs> So we get, should... get in everything that's low now. Okay. Like I, I would say cruise lines are still relatively cheap, right? Like things like that where nobody's getting cruise lines, nobody's thinking about cruise lines. But three years from now, five years from now, cruise lines are going to be bumping again, right? What about businesses so in you Atlanta? Gotta think... You said what? What about businesses in Atlanta? Because they never shut down. <laughs> well, there's still a lot of people who still in the house in Atlanta. So it's like <laughs> there's still people being cautious. <laughs> okay, but you were saying the cruise lines. I'm sorry. <laughs> you said the cruise lines are like three to five years. You said it, it potentially has uh, room for growth. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of stocks out there, a lot of industries that a lot of people overlooked because they were thinking about pandemic stuff and what was going to boom in the pandemic. And now that that's starting to slow up and people starting to think about opening up the world again, those stocks I think are going to have a little bit more opportunity going forward. Mm. Okay. What what are, what are some new potential yeah. stocks that we're that we're looking at? Those are conversations I think that a lot of us have. It's a new episode. So what what are we thinking about? What do we got going on? I didn't buy anything this week. I, I try to buy something at least twice a month. I definitely was trying to. Buy what you got in your portfolio? So 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 number one, I need to transfer my portfolio out of Robinhood. That's number one. <laughs> um, I, I think we're well aware of the uh, debacle that happened over uh, at that establishment. Once uh, AMC and some other stocks happen to go up, all right. Yeah. So with that being said, so what's you know what? I, 
Let's just let's just talk about it. Fuck it. What's the process for? Do you know what the process is for an individual that's looking to move their uh, portfolio from maybe a Robinhood or whatever to a uh, maybe a professional platform agency or whatever you call it? I'm not too sure. What's that like? I did a couple for my couple of my clients literally in the last month. So um, really, it's just about figuring out where you want to open up that brokerage account. I always I'm a big fan of traditional brokerage houses, right? So you can go to Schwab, you can go to TD, you can go to I mean, I'm at a bigger broker house, so like Morgan Stanley's, the J.P. Morgan's, all of those are established banks. Is what you're saying, you can, basically? Go go to more of the established places, absolutely. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because once you do that, you know they. Because the difference between like a Robin Hood and one of those major firms is what's called being a market maker, right? And so, if a Robin Hood, they can't be a market maker in certain stocks, meaning they don't have their own pool of stocks held at their company. So if things get crazy I mean a lot of shares are being sold they don't have excess shares of anything to validate to people right when you work when you go to a big wirehouse say like a morgan stanley or merrill lynch or any of those they always have some of the major stocks they keep some on hand right because they're market makers they have to have a certain amount of stocks available to be able to sell so they don't have those issues that robin hood has whereas robin hood they couldn't keep up with the volume and so they had to halt trading for a while and obviously when you're dealing with a live market that can lose you a lot of money in the moment um so that's why i'm a big fan of just traditional brokerage houses because they have more flexibility of being able to meet those volumes when that happens um so, so that's kind of my thought with it. it's really just paperwork you have to do whatever new company decide to move it to because i just i just want to actually get... have a couple clients that moved it from Robinhood recently so i understand that's easy i just want to get like a little i guess uh more clarification so with uh, a firm like let's say Morgan Stanley or, or J.P. Morgan, whatever, one one of those one of those one of those big firms, these are already stocks that they own. That they'll say, like you can purchase these in case if there's ever a situation like this as to where Robinhood is mostly individuals' money. They they can't do that because that would mean Robinhood would have to purchase all of these. These, uh, these stocks own all of that, that stuff, correct? Correct. Because when you're dealing with a, a warehouse as big as like a Morgan Stanley or J.P. Morgan, there's no stock that's not owned at that company, right? And so they have to have access of everything. And so in certain stocks, they're called market makers. I mean, they have access just so they know when people are trading those stocks, they have enough so that it can go around. They don't have to halt trading or do any of that stuff. Technically, they don't own it because they can't sell you the stock. Mm-hmm. It's just they're managing the transactions put it that way versus owning and selling it to you from their livestock so like if i wanted to go buy five hundred thousand shares of any particular stock it would it would be a problem for robin hood to do that whereas with one of these big firms no, no matter what they'll be able to back that mm-hmm. if it's a commonly traded stock now there are some stocks that are traded so thin regardless of what company you're at it's going to be hard to meet large demand because there might not just be that many shares out there available right because again it's supply and demand so if there's not enough people selling a certain stock you might not be able to buy five hundred thousand shares of it right and so remember that as well but for most major stocks that you see out there yes that is the deal okay is is that the number one determining factor that people should consider when saying hey i, I can just go to robin hood or should i go with a known entity or are there other things that people should consider as well so my thought is execution is important, right? And so if you know you have execution problems at a place like Robinhood, that's a deterrent. 
Um, I'm always big as where, what kind of resources does the place have? Like, I don't, I'm not familiar with Robin. I've never had a Robin Hood account. I'm not allowed to have a Robin Hood account. So I don't know what type of data they've been giving you. Right. That's, like, it, what that's kind interesting of in itself though. Why, you so can't, why can't you have a Robin Hood account? I'm assuming it's conflict of interest, right? <laughs> well, it's conflict of interest because I help manage <laughs> other people's money. One, <laughs> and I'm a licensed broker, and so as my firm needs to see each and everything that I do, I'm considered an insider, right? Because I have access to certain things, and so I can't, I can't trade on the market without my firm seeing each and every trade that I'm doing personally. And so if I was trading out of Robinhood, they can't see that, and I can get a lot of trouble. Gotcha. Those are important yep. things to know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> as a as a license broker, I can't do it. Mm. Only the firm that I work for. Eric, Eric, I feel like you you do some trading stuff. I feel like we've had this conversation before. No. Yeah, I, I dabble, and I'm not. You know, I I'm not as versed as as you as you know Tariq, and obviously some other conversations. You know, if I hear some information that makes sense, or like Tariq mentioned, if it's something that I think has some uh, longevity, like I remember getting in on Sony early on just because I knew. They were going to do the rollout for the PS5 and things like that. Um, but, you know, I don't I don't spend the time researching as much as I should anyway. Okay. So so would you say you're, you're a trivial, not a trivial, uh, occasional trader, day trader or whatever you want to call it? Like I, I'm a, I, not a day trader. I'm, I, I, I dabble. I'll put it that way. Dabble. I think I think I spend I think I spend more time figuring out sporting lines and bets on on, on that end than I do on the stock market. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but so, so that's the thing in itself. Like I, I feel like everybody, like I said, the way I was introduced to this, a lot of the people they were very pushy in the sense to where they didn't kind of. People don't understand that maybe I'm an entrepreneur. You're not an entrepreneur. Maybe I'm in the trading. Maybe you're not in the trading. Maybe I'm in the stocks. Maybe you're in the stocks. So it becomes a very weird situation. So I wanted to have this conversation because I don't know if other people are interacting with other individuals in the same sense to where it's like, you don't got to be weird. You know, like, I feel like a lot of times when we have new new pieces of information, new, uh, new avenues of making money, a lot of times people are very like, oh, if you don't do this, you're dumb. <coughs> no? Have you guys encountered any of that? <clears throat> any place? Because, you know, once... There's a new trend or anything like that. People are almost looking at you like, if you're not doing this, you're dumb. Well, I mean, yes and no. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'll say, I'll say that uh, certain people, right? I think just in our culture, one, we have a hesitancy of just sharing information around finances in general, right? Like, I think that's new thing for us. Like, I think our generation is a little bit better with it. But if you talk about the older generation, like, they're tight to invest about their money, right? They don't share it with nobody, not even their family members. So we're talking about investing in ideas and thoughts and perspectives, right? That's something that is new for us. And so just trying to get used to sharing is one thing around finances. And most of these people who are talking about these trends don't really know what they're doing, unfortunately. So some people do, but most people don't. I always tell people you want to do your research regardless um, and, and stick to that. I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And we've talked about it previously on shows that sometimes within, you know, uh, our, our communities and our backgrounds, those aren't conversations we're normally having. You know, as young men, you're just taught, go get a good job, get a pension, work 25 plus years. Yeah, just work hard and, and then you'll get to retire when you're in your mid 60s or 70s and you'll finally yep. get to enjoy life. You know, where, where's That's this? Some other people, absolutely not. There are other people who learn at a young age how to do things and how to make your money work for you. 
and they, they get to live, a, you know, a much smoother life than we do. Because, you know, a lot of the times, like, where we're from, like, we're taught to not trust people outside of your immediate circle mm-hmm. of family. So now, and especially, and then with money, it's like, nah, you ain't know how much I got in the, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's just how <laughs> what I got under the mattress. So, yeah, so we don't trust, and you can't know how much I got, so... Now it's hard to say, all right, now let me go to this random person. And a lot of times, you know what I'm saying, just like now it's a little bit, you know, more diverse. But, you know, like with our parents and stuff like that, it was probably a lot more white males working in, in, in the field than you would see that people that look like us. Um, you know what I'm saying? So it's a little bit harder to get them to, to now come back and, and just trust a random person with this stuff. Should we... I, well, we, people don't even have life insurance. Yeah. So let alone, I'm about to give my money and my bank info to a random uh, person. That's another one, life insurance. This, he, this motherfucker always talking about life insurance. Yeah. But we don't. Yeah, I'm a licensed insurance agent, but, you know, I don't sell insurance for a living. Yeah. You just, but you're licensed so that you can't do it. Yeah, because when I talk-, talk to people, we talk about everything. You know, I, when I sit down, because to your point, I try to understand as much about a person financially as I possibly can. Because I tell people, the more I know about you, the more I can give you suggestions, the better out your outcomes. Right? So I ask about, do you have wills, power of attorneys? Do you have that stuff? Do you have an estate plan? Do you have insurance? It's going to be another episode, What's by the way. What's your income look like? What's your, I'm, what's I'm, your insurance, like? insurance, what, insurance. What does the budget look like? We, we, yeah, we, when I have we may the first have, conversation, we talk about budget. We may have to get like more in-depth on the next episode. We may have to get more in-depth on the next <laughs> one. But on this one, please, just stress to people how important it is to have that life insurance, especially if you have children, how important that is. Absolutely. I I always tell two things you definitely want to always have insurance for. If you have children to cover their life, if for some reason something was happening to one of the parents and for major debt, right? If you have a mortgage or anything like that, because if something happens to you, you got to pass on that debt to somebody, at least cover the debt, right? Like you don't want to keep passing on debt to generations. And I think that's, Part of our issue, right, as the people, right? We just got to be able to cover ourselves and make sure that we're passing on positive wealth to each generation versus just saving more debt for each other. And so, yeah, that is something I preach each and every person all the time. Yo, I think we, uh, that that was it, man. We try to come in and give you some good tidbits of information on um, my brother Tyree Evans, uh, financial connoisseur. Appreciate you, man. Um, I got a few topics just out of this tonight, man. Uh, some international currency, life insurance, generational debt. Um, you know, we got some other stuff coming up, man. We appreciate you, man. Hey, you know, I'm always here for you, bro. Whatever you need. Yes, sir. We definitely appreciate you. And we got to have you back on again next month so we can get into some more of that life insurance talk. Yeah, definitely. We'll do it. Bro, you be cool, man. We be cool. I'm going I'm to I'm talk to you throughout the week. You already know the vibes, man. You already know. Yo, Jason, 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 DJ, man, y'all, y'all, you know we podcasting in here. Don't even worry about it, man. We ain't got to be super formal, man. Just turn Fly myself in and get flown back. Automatics if you talking static like his phone tap. He looking his tech wetting. That's right. They be shook, but they set repping. Just made a hundred thou. Can't wait for my next blessing. On my way to take a look at this X7. Shit, I done been through it.